And good morning, everybody. Welcome to the studios here at Triple H 100.1 FM live with you across the community radio network as well. Thank you. My name is Alexi Boyd and we're talking all things small business here on this week's edition of Small Biz Matters. Thank you for joining me. Now, today we're talking about something which is quite close to my heart, being a bookkeeper. I'm very passionate about people having everything balanced and everything everything okay and and the left left hand looking right to the right hand and the debits and the credits all matching but it's particularly important when you're dealing with inventory because you are literally counting widgets or counting stuff or counting things to make up your product and it's really important that you've got a handle on that so many times we see businesses particularly in this space who begin uh they they come up with a great product they come up with some demand, they have great business development and away they go. And then, you know, six months, 12 months down down the line, they're realising that they haven't really got control of what's going on with their inventory. And it can literally mean overnight that they could completely fall over. So it's at, at this point that I think we're going to discuss that with the program and talk about the different solutions that are off on offer out there and, and different ways that you can seek help if you're in that, in that space. But not necessarily just if you're in this space, but if you're thinking about moving into inventory or thinking about moving into product um, development, it's something you need to be aware of with your business. So, you know, inventory control and management, it's, it's one of the biggest headaches for a huge number of businesses, particularly ones who are emerging. Um, knowing how much you have of each component or even an ingredient in particular, its location and how old it is, is absolutely essential when each of these building blocks are your bread and butter. Plus, any change to product components or maybe um, yourself or your staff or your storage, it, 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 even something as small as that can really put a spanner in the works. And even if it's positive growth, it can sometimes create more turmoil than it's worth. Small businesses also can um, recognise that change is obviously necessary. And today we've got uh, Reese Roberts, who's the founder of CloudSolve, who's to, here to talk about sharing his wealth of experience with businesses of all sizes, small and large and experienced and not so experienced in the inventory management space. Um, He particularly knows firsthand what solutions there are out there if you feel like it's all getting out of control. So welcome to the program, Reese. Good morning, Alexi. Thanks for inviting me in. Now, thank you for coming because it is a a space that we haven't interestingly covered on Small Biz Matters, but it affects a huge number of businesses because... I guess there's a lot of businesses who may not might not develop products as such, but in some way, shape or form, you have to have control of what widgets you have. And you might be thinking about moving into that space as well. So it's almost a, a, something that all businesses should be aware of in case their, their business takes a slight turn and they move into that space. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Uh, depending just how you measure it, something between about 25 and 45% of the uh, Australian economy is made up of businesses that handle inventory in some way. Now, that wow. includes things like mining and agriculture, which is a you know, slightly different area. Hmm. Um, but you know, depending on what measures you, you take, there's, there's a still a very significant chunk of, of the uh, of the industry, sorry, of the economy hmm. um, in those sectors. And um, that's particularly prevalent with small businesses. Lots of small businesses now, especially internet-based businesses, who are maybe importing something, they're making something, and they're selling either online. You know, that, that ability to sell e-commerce just gives this amazing go-to-market channel for small business. Um, so people who previously would have struggled to start up inventory-based businesses can do so. And there's just hundreds, thousands of them out there. And a lot of them struggle with similar issues. It's one of those things that you don't need to necessarily have a great deal of experience in a particular industry to just go because e-commerce has enabled businesses 
with such a platform that makes it so easy to just start. Do you think that's maybe in your experience, because you've obviously dealt with so many different businesses, do you think that level of inexperience has made more, more likely that businesses fall over because they don't have the experience of understanding inventory? It, it certainly creates a different type of issue. There's lots of businesses we see that have got real expertise in, in the thing they do, whether it's, you know, making fruit juice or, um, you know, importing parts for, you know, cycles or importing clothing or, you know, bamboo products, a whole just some such a cross range, a cross section of the of the uh, economy, but the people running those businesses often understand the product itself. They don't necessarily understand how to manage what they've got in the warehouse to actually manage their inventory, um, and that can be a real problem, especially as businesses grow. When when your business is small and just starting out, it's relatively straightforward. Uh, you might be able to manage your stock, you know, literally walking around the warehouse and doing a quick you know count up every day. You might have it in an Excel spreadsheet, but at some point as it grows, that gets harder and harder to manage and um, you know, as the business grows, that that problem will grow with it unless you have got good systems and good processes in place. Um, it can end up actually, uh, at the very least, hampering the growth of the business. And in some cases, it can take the business under. It can be a real, you know, real recipe for disaster. And am I right in assuming that it can just be a bit of an overnight step that you could just literally land a huge contract or a huge order? Overnight, you've been, you know, number of pitches out there, a number of, um, you know, opportunities, but one suddenly happens and you've got to be able to move really fast. Um, we've actually got a small business client. Um, I won't say too much about who they are or what they do, but um, they're in a, in a sort of food related space and they have recently um, secured a contract to distribute through one of the larger supermarkets in the country. And that's seen their business grow probably four or five fold in the space of six months. It's wow. just a massive growth. Yeah. Um, and um, we all know the, the sort of uh, how quick uh, supermarkets are in terms of paying invoices. Yeah. Uh, not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so they had to do a lot of planning there in terms of not only, you know, their cash flow funding, which they... they did a whole exercise on, but also in terms of buying raw materials and doing their manufacturing and, and the, the timing of delivery of finished goods. So it was, a, it was a major step up for them in terms of getting their, their systems in place. Luckily, they had been planning for that for 12 months, so they had some really reasonably good systems in place and uh, they, they touch wood to date they're running that successfully. And is that because at what stage did they go, oh my goodness, we need help? Was it when they were kind of starting the process of, I mean, and this is in your expertise, what, what do you recommend? Obviously, we should all be aware of everything we need to know from the beginning to the end of our business journey. That's not realistic. But at what stage is it a good eye to go, mm, you know what, I need help? Is it when you're pitching for those big big opportunities? Is it when you land the gig? Is it when you're recognising you've got opportunities of scale? When do you start investigating? Because it, it takes time to do all that, you know, educational stuff. Yeah, it does. But typically you've got more time at your disposable in the early stages than when you're in the middle of the, you know, when you're in the eye of the storm, the, you don't have the time. Uh, I've been doing sort of something similar to this now for close on 20 years as a, running my own business um, for the same period prior to that uh, in various corporates. Um, I don't think in all that time uh, I've ever had more than maybe one or two people say, gee, I wish I'd waited a year or two to, before doing this, before putting a system in or enhancing my, you know, my, my, my business systems. Um, I've had dozens and dozens of people say, oh, we should have done this two years ago. Yeah. So, you know, it's just <laughs> over and over people will think they're surviving, uh, they, they, they struggle on, they put in lots of time, it's taking up their evenings and their weekends, they're, they're trying to make the business run efficiently and eventually they bite the bullet and put a system in and put some processes in and get some training for their team and they turn around three months later and go, wow, mm. what, a, what a complete revelation this has been. It's been a huge change in my business. It's been you know, genuinely transformative. And that uh, happens with so many other aspects of business as well. Absolutely, yeah. You don't want to implement everything at once, but at the same time, the sooner you can get it implemented, then 
the, the road opens up to you to other opportunities because you're no longer holding all that information in your head and sure. you're no longer thinking, oh, I've got to be aware of... I mean, how do you hold inventor in your head? <laughs> and I, I, you know, that's a huge one. Again, go back to that, you know, that situation of a really small business and, you know, you know, and you're selling maybe one channel, uh, you know all the orders coming in, you know what stock's in the warehouse... You can manage that. As the business grows, if you're now starting to sell wholesale and you're selling online, it can be really easy to get stock ads. And stock ads really annoy your customers. You know, you've got Harry's your key customer. He's just ordered three of a product. He wants them on mm. Friday. Mm. You know you've got three in the warehouse. In fact, you've got five in the warehouse. But the next day, you sell three of them online. And suddenly, either one of those online customers is going to be disappointed or your key customer is going to get short delivery. And, and that's a really bad look. If you've got an infantry system in place, that will manage that for you so you can avoid those sorts of issues. Do you think it's even more pressure these days than it was, say, 10 years ago because of the, you know, the advent of the Google um, review and the online review <laughs> situation? Do you think that makes it even more stressful yeah, for small business? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you don't want if, to end if you're disappointing customers, it, it reflects badly on your business really quickly. Mm. Yeah, 100%. And, and it's often out of your hands and it's, it's disappointing for small business to have to go through that plus everything else that we need to, to be aware of and be on top of. Was it uh, the other day I was reading about somebody who was able to take down one of the reviews? Oh, no, that's right. There's, an, there's another small business that's popped up in Australia. Sorry, I can't recall its name, where they, um, they, their sole job is to remove bad reviews. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they have the algorithms to do that. Okay. And it's um, it's an interesting business is model. It just? <laughs> One of those things that I don't need to worry about inventory. But lots of us do. So let's uh, let's talk about that a little bit more. So some of the other main challenges, we mentioned obviously um, the issue of, of, of stock in, stock control and not having enough stock in, in the place. Um, the rapid expansion, if you suddenly land a great gig. What are some of the other main challenges that you've noticed that people face with, with um, inventory issues? Yeah, I think that's a really... You made the comment there about not having enough stock and... And often people don't, but um, at exactly the same time, they might have too much stock of something else. So they get, when they go to their tax account at the end of the year, the tax account will do a quick bit of analysis and they'll look at stock on hand, cost of goods sold, and they'll say, gee, your stock turns too low. You're holding too much inventory. And the, the poor business owner is tearing his hair out going, well, yeah, that might be the case, but I'm running out of stock every second day. It's because they're holding too much of one thing and not enough of another. And that's really hard to manage with significant volume. It's, it's, um, you know, it just takes up all your time trying to manage what's the demand for this product, when are we selling it, mm-hmm. what's the lead time when we buy it from our suppliers, how long does it take us to make. There's just so many moving parts. Mm. Um, and that makes it really difficult to manage, again, unless you've got systems and processes in place. Um, so having too much stock is really damaging because it sucks up cash. It can take up a huge amount of cash and, uh, you know, can drive the business... Um, can drive the business under. But similarly, having not enough stock you know, means you're disappointing customers, you're losing sales, you're losing potential gross margin. So it's, it's really uh, key to try and get that balance right and get that right across a wide range of products. Um, and the only way to do that, it's, it's just, you know, you drain in detail. If you try and do it manually, you need to have processes in place and put the right systems in place. You mentioned as well the importance of having adequate reporting as well. Um, at the end of the year is obviously a time that everybody puts it all together and so you've got it all correct on the balance sheet. But um, you, you can't just leave it to the end of the year, obviously, no, not just no. for stock take reasons, but to be, I guess, aware of where your business stands. Yeah. Because so many times you're holding on to assets. I mean, those products are your assets and they yep. go sit there and... Yeah, you could be losing stock. And look, with a background in corporate, I get really frustrated that, that uh, small business look at their financial information and whether that's you know, their accounts or their stock holding or whatever it might be. Um, and they view it as a, uh, as a tool to provide information via their accountant to the ATO once a year. 
and that's you're getting only about you know a fraction of the, of the value you should be getting for that information. Um, the, the key user to your financial information should be you, the business owner. Mm. You'd better run a PL, uh, go into your inventory system, run a, an analysis to go, um, what have we sold by product group? What have we sold by category? What have we sold of each product to each category? What's our gross margin on those? Which products we should be promoting more of? Mm. Which products should be um, adjusting our sales price on. You know, there's there's so much information available if you've got the right tools to capture it. Mm. Um, and that has to be done, as you say, real time. It's no good doing it once a year. You should be doing that at the very least every month. And in many cases, we've got clients who would um, run things like, um, you know, sales trends almost daily. If you're in corporate, you would be running, um, I guess you'd be having a whip with your, whatever you want to call it, work in progress uh, meeting with your staff. Do you think it's too many times that small businesses don't think of themselves as their staff and sitting down with themselves and actually analysing what's going on in the business? Is that because they're too close to the business? They're not able to, you know, differentiate themselves? Yeah, it's. um, I think all of us who run small businesses know how intense it is. Mm. You're sort of, you're on 24-7 and uh, it's really hard to find time to step away from the data today mm. and actually think about either business planning or you know improving your processes or training for yourself for your team or whatever um, I love the two weeks over Christmas because of the industry I'm in we pretty much shut down for two weeks and the first week is just you know sit on the beach and uh, read some books and hang out with, with the family um, but sometime in, the, in that second week I'll always take a couple of days and just a, a A4 notepad and just sit and doodle through my plans for the following year and it's just quiet thinking time um, I think it's really important to have that time at some stage during the year where you're actually planning your business and thinking about how you, you know, what are the key issues you face and how you're going to address them. What, what, you know, what resources do you need to allocate and do you need to look for external help and how do you go about taking the business to where you want it to be in a year or two or three years' time? Mm, and again, it's, it's uh, again, something you could do annually just where you want to go and business planning, but certainly from looking at your books, you want to do that at least. I mean, I would suggest looking at it, if you, especially if you've got inventory. You need to be looking at this stuff weekly, really, uh, yeah, by exactly. the And in fact, a a good inventory system will do things like alert you uh, regularly, you know, every every day, every time you log in. If you've run low on a stock item, you'll get an alert. It'll see on screen, hey, you're running low on this item. Do you want to buy some more? Now, you might not react to that until the end of the week. You might be placing orders weekly uh, or, or, you know, whatever frequency. But at least you've got real-time information in front of you saying you are running low on this particular product. You need to do something about it. So how many times have those of us who are not in inventory been to the shop and gone, oh, we've got three of those in a size 12, that's no problem, let me go get them for you and they're not there. Is that because their inventory system is just broken or is it because um, human error? Is there really an excuse for that these days with, with the sort of software and the power behind that software these days? Shouldn't we all be walking into the shop and they should know exactly what's in the back room? Mm, perfect world. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose nothing's infallible. Um, yeah, look, people, people make mistakes and all sorts of things, but uh, more... Um, in many cases that's through having the wrong system but it, it can also be just through not doing training and not having efficient processes a really interesting phenomenon with uh, with inventory is you have to do transactions real time so if you're if you're selling services if you're you know selling um, time as a consultant um, you can invoice people once a month at the end of the month mm. and that, that's sort of detached from the way in which you record time either in payroll or in timesheets so the two don't have to happen you know day by day but if you're selling widgets and you've just sold the last one of the warehouse and a truck pulls up at the back and delivers you some more, unless you record that, that delivery, that receipt coming into the warehouse, the system thinks you haven't got any on hand. And if you try and sell it, depending on what the system is, it'll either just say, no, I'm sorry, you can't sell it. Or if it does let you sell it and the cost of you to buy in those has changed, suddenly all your cost of goods sold is wrong. It just, you know, it, it puts pressure on you to process transactions real time. But if you do that, if you make that leap and do that real time, 
the payback is immense because mm. you get so much more information and so much better control. And the one I hear most often is the ability to sleep at night. <laughs> the number of people who will say, oh, my God, I used to be waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning panicking about orders, and now actually I can relax and chill and know that, you know, um, that not only this week's orders but for the next two weeks are, are planned out and I know what's happening in the business. Mm. It's a huge difference. It's a danger of living in that 24-hour world, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we're going to take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the differences between the e-commerce world and bricks and mortar um, and how you could approach those differently or maybe not approach them differently, according to Reese Roberts. We're listening to Small Biz Matters and we'll be back after this. So today we're talking all about inventory management and it's an issue which most businesses should be aware of even if you don't currently work with inventory because you might sometime in the future. Just before the business, uh, just before the break I should say, we were talking all about um, the issues that you face when you've got quality control, stock control, warehousing control, knowledge of what's coming in and what's going out. And of course, um, to be honest, Reese, I don't know how people did this without the cloud. Like, how did this even happen 20 years ago? I remember everybody shut down for two days. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> even local Coles did, didn't they? they were, or you'd have, I so, remember being there at about about seven o'clock at night, just as they were about to shut. And then there'd be like this, deset, hordes of teenagers would come in with their, with their little clipboards they're and they'd be yeah, counting everything, yep. which yep. is just bizarre yeah. these days, But the world's it? moved on. It has. And the trouble is, if you don't move on with it, everybody else is much more efficient than you are, and that is a kind of nasty place to be in. Exactly. You need to be ahead of the game, and that's what we're learning about today. So a little bit later in the program, we're going to talk about different software solutions that are out there to rescue you. But let's talk about that big difference that the cloud has made, which is, of course, the difference between bricks and mortar, which is where everybody existed up until recently, and the e-commerce domain. Um, Is it really different for those two ways of handling it? And again, do you need to be across both if you're into this space? Because eventually at some point you're going to be selling online, aren't you? Mm. I think think the big difference it's made is a blurring of channels. We used to have wholesalers and retailers as distinct channels. And now most people are in in at least two of those channels. There's always an overlap. So if you sell wholesale, you might be, you know, packing a truck and delivering stuff out to your your customers. Um, At the same time, you're selling um, online, perhaps direct to your customers' customers. There's a whole issue there to manage in terms of are you competing with your own customers? But let's leave that one to one side for today. Um, Similarly, retailers, you've got a bricks-and-mortar store and you're selling out of that store, but at the same time, you've got an e-commerce site, so you're trying to sell over a bigger geographic area than you could just from that store. So that that online space is blurring that distinction between wholesale and retail. Um, It also then just means you've got an extra channel to sell through. So rather than having a single way of, of going to market, you're going to market through multiple channels at the same time. And if you're selling inventory, that then gets tough because, you know, you've got a customer in the, start, in, the, in the store, they're walking around and they're about to pick the last widget off the shelf and meanwhile, somebody online bought that a few minutes ago. And unless you've got real-time updates, you can again end up with um, unhappy customers. At the end of the day, though, you're still just talking about the inventory control of just one pile of stuff, aren't you? I mean, whether irrespective of how you're selling it, if you're in real time, the type of... Um, say, software product that you might be using to manage it, is it, does that differ very widely depending on whether you're e-commerce or bricks and mortar? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if, you, if you're selling um, uh, bricks and mortar, you definitely need a point of sale system where people can walk in, they've got the thing in their hand, and really the transaction is about you taking the payment off them. They occasionally, you, can make, you might have a business that also sells to uh, you know, trade accounts. You've got trade coming in and you're going to sell to them and they're not going to pay for it at that stage. 
pay on terms. Um, but that's different to the online space where, you know, the customer's gone in, they've already made the payment, and all you need to do is go in the warehouse, pick the goods, put it in a box, and, and ship it out to them. So it cha- throws up different types of challenges to the business in terms of the way the transaction's conducted, um, how do you make it really efficient. If you're selling low-value um, items and high volume of them, you can't afford to have spent somebody spending 10 minutes on every order manually typing out a delivery docket or going onto the Australia Post website and booking a courier and then again having to manually type that out. You want that to be a really efficient process. So again, you need the right systems and you need all those systems talking to each other. Mm. Otherwise, it, you know, again, the, the transaction costs on those, um, on those individual sales just wipe out all your profits. So it is important that when you're thinking ahead and you're sitting there at that Christmas time and you're writing down your business plan for the year ahead that you're thinking about the different ways that you're selling to your clients because that's going to affect your systems and processes. Yep. What, what, what does our business do? What do we want to do in the future? How do we conduct the business? And from that, what solutions will work well for us? Um, we all too frequently have people come along, maybe referred to us, um, either they find us you know, online or they get referred to us by one of the software companies we work with. And they'll come along and say, I put this software system in, you know, six months ago, and I'm really not getting very good results. Can you help us? And we take a look at it, and we have a talk about their business, and we think, well, fundamentally, you just put the wrong system in. The solution you put in is never going to produce good results because it's not the right fit for your business. And so the key in getting good results is actually starting right at the beginning to understand what your needs are and then marrying the right solution to your business. If you if you don't do that at day one, you'll never get a good outcome. So... I often talk about um, when we're seeking advice on the program, we're talking about different sectors, that the best place to go to, or a really good starting point is your professional association. Is there a professional association? Are we talking about the retailers association here? I, to be honest, I'm, I'm not in that world. So I'm just wondering, how do you um, how do you seek advice to know what type of software is right for you? Because I'm, I'm thinking the internet, really, everyone's worst best friend, so much information <laughs> out there. Yep. How do you you know discern what's best for your business? Yeah, it's really hard. Um, uh, if I can do a quick plug here on our, on our website, on my business website, there is a white paper you can download, which is about how to um, implement a, a software solution. So you can go and have a look at that. It's just a PDF. It's a half dozen pages you can read through, and it asks you. It, it um, gives you a list of the sorts of questions you need to ask when you're thinking about you know what's going to fit my business. So whatever you do, don't talk to um, you know your, your best mate or your partner or whatever. I mean, just do talk to them by all means. Don't simply do what they're doing because yeah. if if your best mate's a plumber and and you know your your selling inventory out of, out of a uh, warehouse it will be a, it's a different question so it'll be a different answer so what are some of the questions that you've got in that white paper Oh, just thinking things about, you know, how do you sell? So, again, that, that question for me to go about retail versus online. Mm. What's the method for taking payment? Now, that sounds fairly trivial, but actually it's really key because if the customer's in front of you, they're not getting an invoice and they're coming back to you to pay it later. They, they're giving you the payment and then getting a receipt a few seconds later. So it changes the way that the transaction's conducted. So, you know, if, you don't, if you're not clear about that, you're not going to have the right solution in place. Um, some of the inventory solutions we work with are fantastic. If you've got a warehouse and you're picking stock, putting it in a truck and sending it out but then they go do you know what it'd be really nice if we had a little little uh you know store uh in the front of the warehouse a little showroom and people can come in and they then go how do i print a receipt yeah. well, you, well you can't the system's not designed to do that yeah. i mean there are some solutions that combine both those together but not all of them so if that's part of your thinking build that into you know into your planning build that into what your your requirements are um the types of 
resources you can find. Yes, online. There are lots of good guides online. Um, you can go to all of the sort of you know, the, the major small business accounting platforms, you know, MYB, QBO, Zero, etc. Um, and all of those will have add-on products that will extend the functionality of the, of the software they offer. Um, and you can go on there and have a look at the sorts of features. Talk to the, the, the software developers. Um, if you just say, uh, you know, like a bland question, um, is this software going to work for my business? Surprisingly, people who sell you software will say, yes, it will. <laughs> so if you've got a really specific list of questions, you know, if you're, if you're making something, you say to them, show me how we do the manufacturing, show me how we do a bill of materials, show me how, how we run an assembly in this product. If you're selling food and you want to have batch tracking, say to them, show me how your batch tracking functionality works so that I know that I've just made a batch of product. If I need to recall it, I can track it. If it expires, I know when it expires and I can take it off the shelf. So you need to have um, a good understanding of the features that you need from the software and from that, ask the the, uh, the the software people or the or the cloud integrators ask them closed questions because you want to get specific answers to understand whether the software is going to be right for your business. That's a great tip, and it's something that you can apply to any real any business out there. Really, you know, you can. It doesn't matter what you're doing, whatever the the time that you're going to put into using a piece of software, have those closed questions. Yep. I like that top tip. Yep. So let's talk about um, that difference that manufacturing makes to the process of inventory because once you started talking about batch tracking and food, my brain went, wow, that's just, whoa, <laughs> how do you even, that's just too hard. So is that just an extra level of complexity that really makes it quite difficult or is it is it a challenge it, for business? It, it's an actual level of complexity that definitely makes it more difficult um, in, a, in a couple of regards. Um, but again, if you've got the right solution, it, it would usually flow through quite um, quite well, um, especially in things like food manufacturing because it's a heavily re- regulated sector. You know, if you're making food, there's all sorts of HACCP regulations. You've got to be following the, 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 uh, the rules in terms of, you know, uh, am I um, getting proper, you know, temperature control on this product? Have I got batch tracking? You know, what, what was my product handling Processes, a whole whole bunch of stuff way outside my expertise. Mm. Um, but all those small businesses doing that, I've already got that in place. What they haven't got is a process to go. Um, yesterday, I bought ten thousand, um, you know, plastic bags or ten thousand cartons or whatever it might be. How many do I have left? When they were, when will they run out? When do I need to buy some more? Um, both on packaging and also the raw materials. You might have raw material items that go into multiple different finished products. So tracking where it went and, again, when it's going to run out and when you need to buy some more gets fairly complex. And, and quite often, if you get into that stage, you've got different people who are buying product from those who are selling product to those who are actually physically handling it in the warehouse. That gets really hard because, again, you can't keep all that information in your head. So you need to have the right systems in place to help you manage that. Yeah, I, 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 it, again, it just seems like an added level of complexity and trying to do it without the right appropriate software. So I like the idea that the practical strategy you were giving there where you sit down and you say, this is actually my process now. I don't want to change it too much, I guess, because I have the process in place, but I need something that's going to support me so that I can understand what's going on moving forward. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And that's a really interesting question about do I need to change my process? Because sometimes your process is a, is a cumbersome workaround that you've developed to accommodate the lack of functionality. You know, maybe you're running Excel, so you've, you've built all these cumbersome workarounds. So sometimes you actually can change your process when you're putting new software in, but it should never be a question of the tail wagging the dog. You should never say, I need to change my process because of the software I've put in. Uh, there might be a bit of compromise somewhere, but by and large, you need to find the right solution to, to support your business. So let's talk about those that software. And the good thing is, I guess, with the whole advent of um, things like the zero marketplace, and I'm not sure what the Myob equivalent is with the, the, the Myob the add-on. Yeah, actually, add-ons. Yeah. So with all those hundreds of different options, and I, I imagine even in the inventory space, there'd be 
dozens and dozens oh, and dozens. Just, just if you just go into the zero uh, um, adult marketplace and, and sort by inventory, there are probably 20 or 30 or more. Yeah. There's, there's a lot, yes. Yeah. So you might not necessarily be going for the one that's the most expensive or you might not be necessarily going for the one that's been around the longest. Again, it's those close questions you need to ask. Yep. Um, can you tell me what a cloud integrator does and how, in, especially in the inventory space, it's, it's, it's very important that you consider you know, getting getting one to help you, um, you know, put these things in place? Yeah, okay. Uh, first, just want to go back on what thing you, you said there just a second ago, there, there being all these you know, many, many options mm. um, in, in a, you know, again, it, for example, in the zero add-on space, but throughout the industry in general. Um, generally, there is not one best solution for your business. There'll be, there'll be a number that could fit pretty well. And so there's a question of weighing up some pros and cons. You know, this one has, does that, that bit there a bit better. This one's a bit better over here. This one's a bit cheaper. That one's a bit easier to use. This one's better supported. There's a whole range of factors to, to count, uh, you know, to take into account when you're looking for the right solution. There are definitely some wrong solutions. They're the ones you need to avoid. But when you get down to it, there'll usually be two or three or four solutions that could work quite well. So it's a combination then of, you know, what do you feel comfortable with? What's the right, pri- the right price point? You know, where are you getting best support and so on? That's one of the areas where cloud integrators um, can work, can help. Um, that's part of, of, of my business. There's a, a number of cloud integrators uh, in, the, in the market. Again, you can go online, you can go to the Zero website or to MYB and look for um, integration partners and there'll be people, be people out there who can assist you. Um, they will help you sift through the, the range of options available, uh, identify the best solution for your business. And then, and if I think about myself, sometimes a client will come to us and we get partway through the process and we go, actually, I, can, I know what the best solution is. It's not one we work with and we'll refer them on to somebody else because there's nothing worse than trying to put a you know square peg into a round hole. It's just nobody wins. So much better to actually refer people like that on and when we can help them we will then um, provide as much assistance they want in terms of putting the system in um, providing training to their team migrating their data and so on so get them up and running so we talked at the beginning of the program about say someone let's use an example of a juice manufacturer and they've suddenly got this fantastic um, you know uh, contract with a big supermarket chain Um, uh, how long can you expect that implementation the <laughs> I know this is about how long is a piece, piece of string, of string yes. but if you need to move fast what realistically what timelines should you be putting aside for this whole process to be rolled out well, the, including the training yep the fastest implementation implementation we've done took about nine days begin to end from That's the first from the first really? phone call to be up and running live. i'm thinking weeks but right. i suppose if you've got the big supermarket the, the, chain waiting for this, product this was actually not a, not a food manufacturer this oh. was a a, uh, a furniture distributor and the key to making that really quick was the fact that she already had all of her products listed on a website so she had a really good source of data. We could just go onto that website, extract the list of products, load it into the inventory system we recommended for her, do the integration of the two, do a few other bits of training and set up, and she was up and running. Uh, in most cases, the two things that will take time will be training, getting, getting your team on board. And again, it was a smallish business. Um, she was really on board. It was just her and one offsider, so it was fairly easy to get through that. Um, and the data. So sometimes people come to us and their data is a mess. They've got 5,000 products, and you say, so... Well, your product code, and they go, oh, um, here, and they hand you a you know a piece of paper, <laughs> literally handwritten, uh, and it's like, right, okay, so you know somewhere, somewhere, someone has to start building that either into Excel or you know keying it directly into the product. So you need to find a source for that data. So um, 
how long? Uh, well, I'd say the, the fastest was inside two weeks. Um, average, usually more like two months, mm. sometimes longer if it's a really complex one. And especially if people have got a big team, if they've got, you know, 20 people, you need to make sure that everybody understands the process mm. and they've, you know, they're all going to be um, using the software, um, you know, the same way. That might be three or four months. It, it depends. So once again, you know, sit down with your piece of paper, yep. work out what your business planning is. And if you see realistically that it's something that could be happening in the next 12 months, you need to factor in that and back potential to what, four to six weeks. Back to what I said right at the beginning, almost no one says, I did this too early. Lots of people say, God, I wish I'd started this three months ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, we're going to take another quick break here on Small Biz Matters on Triple H 100.1 FM. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, what you can expect in the training process for your staff and more importantly for yourself so you know what's going on. You're listening to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to the studio with Triple H 100.1 FM. I am very much looking forward to the Triple H trivia night although i will say that i am quite crap at trivia uh so anyone's coming along you're not allowed to laugh at me you can laugh at other people not me because i'm i'm really bad reese i'm really bad at trivia i know what it is unless it's 80s music oh. 80s law you know cindy law you know yeah. wake me up 80s australian go. music or, or oh no no or no i was a, a child of the americana era yeah. of the 80s because <laughs> my weak point there definitely is australian music having arrived in here in uh, early 90s i suddenly get a question about you know some australian rock band from 1970 something i've got no idea That's it. i'm so, out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking today all about inventory issues um and the problem that uh, a lot of small businesses you were saying at the beginning of the program between 25 and 40 percent of small businesses which as we know are the engine room of the economy should be across this and i think from the way we're discussing, it's something that everyone should be, um, I guess, have a knowledge of because who knows? You never know when you might come up with this genius idea of producing something or maybe moving into manufacturing or even something, a product that you have that can be on-sold that you might need to plug into your client's software. You have to have some basic knowledge about how inventory systems work. Would you Would you agree with that sentiment? Yeah, I, look, I think that um, I mean, a lot of people go into inventory very deliberately with a, with a, with a plan. Uh, a lot of people sort of you know, will spot a, a gap in the market again, especially in that sort of whole um, food and beverage space. So I was at the uh, the uh, food food industry awards uh, dinner night uh, last week, and there's just an amazing range of products that people are coming out with. You know, everything from sort of insects through you know kombucha and, and whatever. It's just a just an enormously um, diverse market. Um, and, and lots of people go into that thinking, well, you know, here's a product I've got a passion for and uh, I really want to work with. Um, and the whole thing of putting in systems is sort of something they do as a, you know, as a, as a almost a necessary evil. It's, maybe that's overstating a bit, but it's certainly not their first intention. But if they want to get the business right and make it scalable, then you, you need to have the right tools for the job. It's still, as you were saying at the beginning of the program, it still confounds me that businesses look at inventory and look at their books and look at their numbers and think that it's something, oh, I have to do it once a quarter, I yeah. have to report it. So, no, 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 you have to have a finger on the pulse. Yep. And without that, you're just floundering. Yep, absolutely. So let's talk about the cost of these types of software. Um, if I if, let's get let's get an example of um, the juice manufacturers who have suddenly got this wonderful contract for a big supermarket manufacturer. 
if you have a warehouse with products that need to be made and then distributed and you need to be thinking about but what's going to be my monthly software cost? I know it's a bit of a how long's a piece yep. of string question, but what can we realistically expect? Yeah, but no, you can, you can give out some reasonably accurate figures on that sort of thing. Now, uh, you know, sort of 10, 20 years ago, you were looking at spending tens of thousands of dollars oh. up front to put a system in wow. and, you know, fairly, and that was just the buy, the cost of buying the software or the software license and there'll be, you know, annual maintenance fees and you'll pay for somebody to put it in for you and a whole bunch of stuff. Um, these days, um, you know, you can get a zero subscription for something between about, you know, 50 bucks and 100-ish, mm. depending on how many employees you've got. But that's not got. really going to cope with... Uh, no, it's not going to yeah. cope with the inventory. That's but exactly that's like right. Your base. That's, that's your the base. base. And, yeah. that, and then you plug something into that. And whether it's zero or whether it's QBO or MYB or, you know, whatever, they're all around about that same sort of price, yeah. same sort of site variations, obviously. Um, and you can then plug an inventory add-on in, add uh, into that uh, for a few hundred dollars a, a month. It might be 200, it might be 500, again, depending on things like how many users you need and, you know, whether you need integrations or other things. But, you know, certainly by the time you put together an inventory system, uh, plus maybe a B2B, plus an e-commerce, plus uh, an accounting system, you could be do all, doing all of that for, for well under $1,000 a month. And so, when you consider the amount of time it saves you and your hour, man hours of your staff and yourself, you're crazy. Not a- absolutely. Just, so just you know, the payback is massive. Just, just one example. Um, we did some work with a client a while ago putting in a system and uh, and they gave us a, a sample of invoices from their previous system um, to try and get their figure out their pricing, which is a bit of a mess. And, and we went, well, why do you sell this item here this to this particular customer at one price on this invoice and a lower price on the next one? They went, oh, whoops, oh, yeah, we did the wrong price on that one. Um, How? You know, all because they're selling wholesale and yeah. retail and distributor. And, you know, if you accidentally give the distributor price to a retail customer, they don't mention it. <laughs> Funny, they've got a lower price. They just, oh, yep, yeah, that's nice. I'll take that. But if you overcharge somebody, they do tell you very quickly. <laughs> so it's not a zero-sum game. If you make mistakes on your invoicing, not only do you look unprofessional, but you can also guarantee if you've undercharged somebody, they will not mention it to you. So you need, for that, you need a system that will support multiple prices. or say, I know who this customer is. The system says this. I know that this customer is a distributor. Therefore, when they buy this blue widget off me they're going to get the distributor price but the next guy in the door is you know Joe Blow off the street he's not going to get that price he'll get a different price and the system will control that for you automatically so just the savings on those sorts of things alone mm. can, can go a long way for paying the cost the value of the information to you the saving your time in rekeying data um, I got a great quote from actually from Campus Coffee um, who put in one of the systems that we work with um, and they reckon they save 30% of their cost in their warehouse just as a result of putting the right system to mean Mm. That means fewer fewer people to pay. It means that you know they've reduced the actual staffing um, to do the same amount of work. They're actually running their, their warehouse more efficiently. Well, it's funny you should mention that because I was going to talk about uh, you know the the I guess the elephant in the room, which is if we're putting these systems in place, are we literally hiring less people? to do the things that, you know, 10, 20 years ago they would have been doing counting or they would have been doing more menial tasks. Maybe. Although another another client we put in, a guy's called Tribe of the Tree, who does just wonderful um, sort of range of, of uh, flower essence oils uh, for, you know, sort of putting in baths and, and whatever and into, into oil burners and, uh, you know, like, like candles. Um, they, uh, they, in the first year after they put it in, they more than doubled their business. So they didn't reduce their staff, but they grew their revenue. And so it could be a bit of both of those. Um, you know, uh, yes, there might be a point where at some stage some menial tasks go, gee, you know, you and I are both, are both uh, got businesses as bookkeepers. Some of those menial tasks of doing data entry have definitely gone. 
and we've we've had to evolve our business and actually um, you know provide some other services to clients to add more value rather than sitting there doing data entry of invoices. Oh, don't which, worry, because there's plenty know, of compliance to teach our clients yeah, about. Ab- we become educators. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And so you, you know, have if, to evolve. If you're, right. if you're not reinventing yourself and reinventing your business and helping your clients do the same thing, then you really are going backwards. Let's talk about that staffing issue and um, I guess the big fear with people who are trying to implement any kind of software, but particularly with this when it's labour intensive, they feel as though they might have to down tools for a couple of weeks while everybody gets trained up. Is that the practical real, you know, reality where you're implementing a new system? Do you really have to just stop what you're doing so everyone can learn? Is that what happens? They probably need to pause a little bit at some stage. It's, it's hard you know, changing a wheel on a car whilst mm, the car is mm. still driving down the road. So at some point you need to take some time um, you know, away from the coalface and actually, uh, you know, sort of upskill. Um, that doesn't mean that you actually stop the business for a period of time. It might be that you do, um, if you're doing sort of, you know, sales training, you do it in two shifts. You know, you do um, one team in the morning, another team in the afternoon, and everyone gets through the sales training, but they, you, know, you continue around the business uh, throughout that time. Um, you can you can aim to do implementation at a quiet time. If you're if you're selling product that's got a peak demand at Christmas, and so you're selling out to all your customers in September, October, November, do not put a system, new system in place at that time. Um, we did a, a, a project with somebody who, who makes um, a range of uh, icy pops a while ago. Um, we did not implement them in the, in the lead up to summer. We did, did that in around about April, May mm. when they were at their quietest time. Mm. So we do it without you know, minimising the disruption to their business. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and that makes perfect sense as well. Again, planning, forward planning. What's, Absolutely. What's your seasonality? What's your yep. peaks and troughs? Yep. And when should you be doing that? Um, but in terms of the overall training, so do, you know, do you need to take the business down for a couple of weeks? The answer to that would be no, unequivocal no. Um, you know, if you're putting in SAP or some you know, major corporate system, yes, you're going to have a whole, you know, a whole project team on that working on it for months. But in small business, you might need to, be, you, you'll probably be disrupted for a couple of days. And even that, we can work around that disruption to minimise it. And I guess that's where, you know, the value is of having a cloud integrator on your side who can help you implement because they have done this before, they've trained people before, they know the strategies, they know the processes, they know the <laughs> they know the pushback that comes from, from the employees, I guess. The, the, the IC block manufacturer, they actually went, as they went live in that sort of quiet time of year and that was sort of by accident because they'd previously been struggling with the system for six months to try, try to put it in themselves and failed dismally and then came to us and said, Look, we either have to throw this away, or we have to get some help. Can you just show us if it, if we've made the right choice? And there were half a dozen little things we had to tweak, and very quickly got them from a system that didn't work to one that ran really well. Mm, perfect. Yep. So tell us a little bit about how people can find out about more about CloudSolve and the work that you guys do. Okay. Um, so um, obviously, website. We have a website. Uh, you go onto the zero. Uh, website and search for cloud integrators you'll find us listed on there um, you'll find us listed on uh, websites for a whole bunch of software uh, apps that we work with people like uh, unleashed which is the, the inventory product we put in more than the others although we do work with a number of others as well um, and so on so all those sorts of websites all the all the software developers will list um, their approved uh, integrators or implementation partners and, and we're on there um, so yeah we, we communicate regularly through accountants and bookkeepers and attend things like zerocon and um, and YB Partner Connect and so on and I'm um, happy to try and provide as much information as, uh, about what we do as we possibly can. And the best website of course is cloudsolve.com.au. Cloudsolve.com.au. Excellent. Right. Well thank you very much for coming on the show. It's been absolutely fascinating. I feel 
more empowered, even though I don't have an inventory issues. But, you know, you never know. You might have it in the, in the future. If you've listened to today's show and you've missed any of it, you can catch up via iTunes where we have over 100 podcasts and we have yet to repeat a topic. There's lots of small business learning there available to you. Find out more on smallbizmatters.com.au where there's 150 podcasts to listen to. Lots of great things that you can um, educate yourself on when you're walking the dog or maybe going to bed or maybe just on holiday and just want to get yourself a little bit more educated. Thanks for listening to today's program. We'll be back next week with another excellent guest. You're listening to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd on Triple H 100.1 FM.